Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Here are your hosts, Kimberly Vermel Bonatti and co-host Ethan Euchre and Jeff Wagstaff. Well, thank you for joining us on American Medicine Today. I am Kimberly Bonatti, joined by Ethan Euchre. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And our senior fellow, Jeff Wagstaff. Hello, and happy Mother's Day to oh. everyone listening. Indeed. Oh, thank you. Including you, yes, KB. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Thank you, EY. <laughs> and welcome to the program, Dr. Alfred Bonatti. Thanks for being you, here. You are going too far, too fast. I don't have I don't have my gift yet. Uh oh. Uh oh. So don't remember. You're that. in trouble, sir. It'll be belated Mother's Day gift. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to have a story of recovery to look forward to. Um, in the show, we're going to discuss weight loss. We're going to hear about many of Trump's triumphs, and then we're going to talk to the individual that was responsible for man versus baby. <laughs> I got a kick out of this one, and I, I sent it to you, it. Kimberly. It's 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 a lighthearted, funny one about yes. being a first-time father, uh-huh. and he wrote a book called Man versus Baby. I think everyone's going to get a kick out of this. Love it. The baby wins. (laughs) But um, this is a very serious topic. Now, Mm -hmm. we hear about PTSD in soldiers and first responders, but we don't often think about how traumatic events can affect children. And joining us right now is Dr. Michael Skeringa, author of They'll Never Be the Same, A Parent's Guide to PTSD in Youth. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Skeringa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Now, Doc, I know um, all of us obviously went through some sort of trauma yes. as kids, but the world is a way different place these days with school shootings and cyberbullying and all that stuff. But you, do you think that today's youth face more stress than we did as children? Yes. I don't know that uh, in terms of data I can say that. I know there's mm-hmm. been studies that have tracked children until like the age of 16 and shown that two-thirds of children have experienced at least one life-threatening event. And that study was done like uh, 15 years ago. So uh, maybe it's more stressful now because they have access to more media and exposure to things and school shootings, but Mm -hmm. we've always had trauma. I also think that a lot of it is that whole helicopter parent thing now. You know what I mean? Not to say that that's what leads to PTSD in in the youth, but I think parents nowadays are a lot more weary of the exposure that kids have uh, than they were when we were growing up to certain things. You think they're, they're more aware that their children are exposed? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that parents are a lot more protective now than they were when we were kids, and then coupled with all the different factors uh, that are different now, like I said, with the school shootings and the, and the bullying and social media and things like that. Mm-hmm. But are parents blowing it out of proportion nowadays because they're helicopter parents that are overprotective? Well, I don't see it clinically like that because I only see the ones who are concerned to bring their children to, to clinical treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the messages of the book is that actually PTSD is pretty um, missed most of the time. There have been two really interesting studies that show that clinicians who are evaluating children miss the diagnosis 90% of the time because it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. And one of the messages that I actually want parents to be more proactive 
So I think it's, it's kind of up to parents to get the right assessment of their children and the right treatment. Okay. Do you know how often it's misdiagnosed? Well, those studies say 90% of the time. 90. Children who have PTSD, clinicians did not detect it. Wow. And that can be for several reasons. Uh, you know, one is it's, there's 20 different symptoms of PTSD in the official diagnostic criteria. Okay. So it, one, it's just complicated a lot of the times. A second factor is there's an avoidance issue. Okay. And people don't want to talk about trauma spontaneously because it can mm-hmm. be embarrassing or, or shameful, and, and clinicians often don't like bringing it up because right. they don't like upsetting their patients. Okay. And so I think those are the re- reasons it gets missed a lot. Well, why, why do you think that normal stress tends to be linked with post-traumatic stress disorder and trauma? Well, that's actually one of the messages of the book, but I would, I'm arguing that normal stress is not something that leads to PTSD. Right. One of the whole chapters is devoted to the difference between stress versus trauma. Okay. Trauma, which leads to PTSD, has to be a life-threatening event, something that's usually sudden, unexpected, causes this moment of panic for your life, and things that are not life-threatening, like maybe a lot of bullying, parents get divorced, uh, watching violence on TV, those are not the things that lead to PTSD, and it's important to keep those different. Right. You you were saying in the uh, in the show prep that a lot of times people are trying to further their agenda by saying things like divorce can cause trauma in children. Right. I mm-hmm. think in some sense PT- the success of PTSD and being accepted uh, in the world is kind of it's become its own worst enemy. Now, when people want to draw attention to their particular cause, Mm -hmm. they kind of latch it onto the PTSD bandwagon and say, hey, this event causes PTSD. We need to pay attention to it and uh, give me funding for it, and we'll do something about it. Right. Doc, I can tell you, I don't want to make this segment about me, but when I was a kid in elementary school, my parents went through a crazy divorce. My mom just went absolutely bonkers, um, and it was the worst year of my life. Like most people, you suck it up, you move on. Mm -hmm. Years later, um, I got custody of my daughter when she was 10 months old. As she became an adolescent, she had difficulty understanding why her mom wasn't there for her like other moms. So we got her into therapy right away. What I learned is when these things happen, you have to address them. Because in therapy for my daughter, 30 years after my childhood, the psychiatrist pulled me aside one day and said, Hey, you've got some pretty deep scars that I can hear through this counseling based on how you address things with your daughter. Mm-hmm. I want to help you with that. I always just thought it was bad experience and you suck it up, but it left scars in me to this day mm. are still very emotional and difficult to talk about. And do you think that's PTSD or do you think it's just some some other adjustment reaction? Truth is, that's above my pay grade. But You're going to have to pay him for, for counseling here, <laughs> therapy on, on American medicine. The theater. ruts are deeper than anything I could ever imagine. Absolutely. Like hey, Doc, say. we only got about a minute left. Can you give us uh, some of the treatment options for children that have legitimate PTSD and any advice for parents uh, as we wrap up? Yeah, that's another big part of the book is helping parents find the right treatment. We have these days what are called evidence-based treatments. They've been proven in randomized trials. Most well-studied one is called cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and that's what parents ought to ask for and be aggressive consumers to seek out. There are other good treatments out there, uh, but 
they need to know that their therapist knows what they're doing with their child. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I wish we had more time to discuss this with you because I think it's very important. Um, but thank, thank you. Very you much. Thank you, Dr. Michael Skiringa, author of They'll Never Be the Same, A Parent's Guide to PTSD in Youth. Thank you for being on the program. Thanks, Doc. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care. Yeah, maybe we can do a part two with him. I know. <laughs> there's, there's so much so to much. get into. I know. Yeah, and we barely are able to scratch, scratch the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you stay tuned. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, M.D., once again, your host, Kimberly Bermel Bonatti, and co host Ethan Euchre and Jeff Wagstaff. Thank you for continuing to listen to American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Bonatti, joined by Ethan Euchre. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And Jeff Wagstaff. Hello, everyone. Hello. And world renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti. Oh, I like that. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How you doing, Doc? <laughs> so for years, we have been talking about um, people that have back problems. Not only do they have back problems, but some are being hooked onto painkillers. They're being told that they have to live a life with a walker or a cane or sometimes live a life in a wheelchair. And that's all they have to look forward to. Or they're being sold on that they need these invasive uh, spine surgeries with fusions and hardware, all sorts of devices, only to exchange one pain for another. You don't have to live that way. If you're being told that nothing can be done, make sure you seek out Benati. Um, they have 98.75% patient reported satisfaction, but it's one thing for us to talk about that. It's another one you hear from the patient themselves. It's today's Back to Life segment, a story of recovery. We will talk to a patient of the Bonatti Spine Institute who went from living a life restricted by pain and discomfort through their journey of finding the Bonatti Spine Institute and now living pain-free. It is my pleasure to welcome to the program Debbie Larkin from, is it maybe West Virginia or Mobby? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Yes. (laughs) Yes, maybe West Virginia. All right, perfect. Thank you for joining us. Um, you you have quite a story, so why don't you tell us how you came to be in pain? Was it something degenerative in nature, or were you involved in some sort of accident? No, no. I, I guess it's a genetic thing in my family. Uh, my grandma had back issues um, when I was young. She, she had significant back issues. My mom struggles a bit, but but not so much for somebody that's 88. And um, I've had back issues off and on, you know, pain at different levels at different times in my life okay. um, based on pregnancies and what have you. Sure. But um, I would say five years ago about, I started having some other symptoms and was hospitalized. And during that hospitalization, cool. I had a long list of MRIs from okay. my brain all the way down my back. And when Everything was said and done. I was told, you know, your back is a train wreck. And I'm like, I can't say that I'm surprised. Wow. So I was referred to a very wonderful orthopedic surgeon who I liked very much. But what I didn't like was all the um, talk of the invasiveness of the surgery that he was, you know, sharing with me. Sure. And so um, one day I came back to work and I was sharing with a colleague and she said I had a really good experience with my mom um, down in Florida told me about the Bonatti Institute told me about one of my neighbors who at one point in time was a state senator who had referred her to Bonatti 
Okay. So I, I connected with him and, and spoke with him about it as well. And um, at that point, I gathered my MRIs and sent them to the Bonatti Institute. And then I got a nice phone call from a patient advocate mm-hmm. and then spoke with Dr. Grossmith. And so that was back in 2015. And that was okay. my first experience with Bonatti. And it was a very good experience. Okay. Let me and, interrupt uh, you for a second because you are flying mm-hmm. through your story. <laughs> um, when yeah, you, sorry. That's okay. Years ago when you ended up in the hospital and you had the slew of MRIs and they were basically saying your spine was a train wreck and you talked about having all these symptoms. Well, for anyone that's listening or would be watching, can you describe where on your body you felt the pain so that they may they may recognize symptoms if they hear it how was it affecting you was it localized to one area did it radiate to another can you describe the pain yes i most definitely can um i had a lot of pain in the cervical area um i i I used to think it was just totally stress related but clearly there were other true medical issues Mm -hmm. and then i had it in the lower lumbar area caused me to have a lot of uh, pain in the pelvic area, uh, felt like walking was very uncomfortable. Um, cold weather really bothered me a lot, um, and I thought it was that I had arthritis. Um, but then as time went on, I just felt that, you know, based on what the doctors in, in the local area told me, I just thought there's, there's something more, there's something more. And so when I had those MRIs, and they told me that I had spinal stenosis and I had um, several other things. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, they were probably right. The train wreck probably does describe it. But the pain the pain sometimes would be so um, comfortable that when I was at work, I would be taking twice as much medicine, over-the-counter medicine, mm-hmm. than what I yeah. should be taking mm-hmm. just in order to get relief. Yeah. Um, I also had gone to... Um, therapy multiple times um, over months um, to try to get some relief, did some that was with weights and some that were in the pool, Um, but it never gave me any complete, you know, relief. It was just like a Band-Aid. Wow. Okay. And so. Okay. So you... You get responded to by not only a patient advocate at Benati, but also by Dr. Grossmith. Um, why mm-hmm. don't you describe what the experience was like once you made your way down to Hudson, Florida? Oh, I'd love to. Um, I felt so welcomed when I arrived. Um, Paul greeted my husband and I at the front desk, right. explained to us about the different areas there at the Benati Institute in Hudson in terms of the, the clinic, the surgical area, the administrative area, the business area. Okay. So I felt from the very onset that um, I was going to be taken good care of, not only medically mm-hmm. but otherwise as well. So we started at that point, and then um, I got back into the clinic. We met Eric. He helped take a lot of my vitals. Then I met with a, a physician's assistant. Mm-hmm. She took a very extensive history sure. and also, you know, did multiple tests and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then I met with Dr. Grossmith, and the two of them, you know, pulled up my MRIs and put my films on the x-ray equipment and sure. allowed me to, you know, see. They would point out to me, you know, the different areas and what they saw mm-hmm. and what they 
believe might be <clears throat> helpful to me. Okay. So from that point, I just had to wait for a few days till my insurance company would allow mm-hmm. for a pre-cert. Right. But once uh, I finished with Dr. Uh, Grossmith, from that point, I went and had blood work done. I did everything that I needed for, for pre-op. Okay. I got all my business paperwork done. And um, so we were well on our way to go. We okay. were just waiting for the pre-cert. Sure. So it, and, very smoothly there. Let me ask you this. During that in-person evaluation where Dr. Grossmith was telling you uh, where you were experiencing those problems and you're verifying that, yes, that is what you feel, um, they mentioned something called conscious IV sedation, where you're not put under general anesthesia, but you will be interactive during your surgery to try and recreate your pain to make sure that we properly target the source of the pain. Um, What was that experience like for you? That was kind of an interesting and and it was it was an adventure. Okay. Because when I went when I went into surgery, Dr. Swanson was my anesthesiologist, yes. and so he set up a little monitor below below me so right. I could watch uh-huh. if I so chose. But of course, part of it I was not awake for. Um, so <laughs> mm-hmm. when it was time for um, them to check to see if the areas that I was being, oper- you know, having sure. the procedure done, uh-huh. they would, you know, make, they would speak to me and tell me what they were going to do and, and ask me questions about, you mm-hmm. know, is there pain there still? You right. know, how, how does it feel uh-huh. compared to what it was? And so it was very thorough and it was a very good experience. I, I yes. thought, gosh, I'm going to come away with this <laughs> being a part of the surgical team in a sense, you know? Absolutely. And that's why it's so great to be in that conscious IV sedation. And it affects everyone differently. So some remember everything, some remember bits and pieces. But having that interaction is what really makes the Bonatti spine procedures so precise because you can guide them when they're there and let them know that, yes, they did get the true root cause of the pain. Now, when did you feel a relief of the pain that brought you in? Because they target things um, incrementally. So, um, of course, you're going to have surgery site pain because they do cut the skin open. But when did you realize a relief of that agonizing pain that brought you in? <laughs> when I came out from the anesthesia, mm-hmm. I just felt right then and there that the reason I had the surgery, it took care of the problem. Okay. I felt like the pain was almost gone instantaneously. I felt Mm -hmm. felt wonderful and I thought (laughs) I haven't felt like this for such a long time and are you still taking any of those pain medications that you had taken previous to surgery not at all no not at all it's wonderful Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so there you are not having to take any painkillers and um how do you feel I feel great I feel as though what I had probably 15 or 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I have back, I can, I'm looking forward to riding a bike. <laughs> I'm enjoying just being able to go out and walk and not have uh-huh. to be in pain. I can get out of my car in the morning and walk to my office and not be um, aching and uh-huh. sore or worrying about walking up the steps and possibly tripping because mm-hmm. I can't lift my leg properly. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's just, it's like a new lease on life, as you hear all the time. But it truly, for me, at my age, it is. 
well, thank you so much. I always enjoy speaking with the patients, as does the entire team. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story of recovery with us here on American Medicine Today. Thanks, Debbie. Continue well, good thank health. Thank you. Happy okay. Mother's Day. Thank you, Dr. Benet. Yes. Oh, thank <laughs> Happy you. Mother's Day. Y'all take care. Uh-huh. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. I love these stories. You can hear it in their voice, their excitement, and there you have it. Mm -hmm. Her pain non-existent any longer after the Benati spine procedures. If you need anything, check out Benati.com or call 855-267-0482. Coming up after the break, we're going to discuss weight loss. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Benati Spine Institute, featuring internationally acclaimed inventor of the Benati spine procedures, Alfred Benati, MD. Once again, your host, Kimberly Bermel Benati, and co-host Ethan Euchre and Jeff Wagstaff. Welcome to American Medicine Today. I am Kimberly Bonatti, joined by Ethan Euchre. Happy to be here. And world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti. Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, our next guest is going to show us his system of living that has helped thousands of patients shed their excess weight and discover the joy of existing in a state of health and balance. Please welcome our in-studio guest, Dr. Cesar Lara. Um, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, yes. Dr. Lara, Kimberly and I actually visited mm-hmm. your office because you're local here. Uh, you're over in St. Pete, Pinellas. I know you have some other, uh, some other offices around. And it's really a pretty interesting concept, and there's a lot involved with what you do. But first mm-hmm. off, why do you think so many Americans struggle with obesity? Well, uh, unfortunately, we live in uh, what has been considered to be an obesogenic society. So, uh, you know, we're running a treadmill continually. Uh, we have no time to take care of ourselves. And unfortunately, the commercialism of food is such that the industry has uh, uh, basically taken a hold of that uh, industry in such a way that uh, uh, it's profits that drive uh, what people are eating and not necessarily uh, what they need to eat. So unfortunately, our food is full of uh, pesticides, hormones. It's got all kinds of additives. If you take a look and read what is inside a piece of bread nowadays, there's an average of 35 different ingredients. Most of which reality, you can't pronounce. Exactly, yeah. yes. exactly. And uh, so there's nothing bad with bread, but the unfortunate thing is that bread has gotten a bad rap because of the fact that our current bread is so uh, poisoned with so many chemicals that uh, unfortunately create dysfunction throughout our whole bodies. I've always said that about, mm-hmm. especially when the Atkins came out and the don't eat any carbs type of thing. I, I right. was like, people have been eating bread for thousands of years. Yes. Why is it all of a sudden uh, <laughs> something that you're not supposed to eat? Absolutely. Know. And when you think about it, uh, historically, you're right. Uh, we've had... Uh, um, You know, the Greeks, the Spaniards, I mean, all the ancient uh, societies in Europe, I mean, bread and water, that's how they survived for many, many generations. So, Mm -hmm. but bread traditionally was made with three, maybe four ingredients, basically uh, a little flour, a little salt, and a little water, and boom, this magic occurred that created this wonderful thing we call bread. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now it has unfortunately been hijacked by the industry and it's no longer it's fortified with a lot of chemicals mm-hmm. Ooh, which just wreak havoc on the uh, microbiome mm-hmm. absolutely yes. and, and the microbiome right now the uh, uh, thought is that there's an average of 100 trillion cells in our body 90 percent of those cells that actually create what we call our human body is uh, foreign cells and not our own so only 10 percent of that 100 trillion cells is really our own the other 90 percent are really this sisterhood that we have with all these uh, healthy micro microbes that actually are there to help facilitate our healthiness 
Which is insane, because uh, yes. most people don't realize that, that <laughs> most of your body isn't actually even you. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's yes. other microbes. Now, you use a, an, a holistic approach to weight loss. Can you go ahead and explain to the listeners and viewers what that means? So from a holistic perspective, my, my main, uh, 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 where we start is that I want my patients to learn how to eat so that they can navigate uh, themselves in uh, any environment. So if you're invited out to dinner with some friends, you can learn to make the right choices. So holistic starts from being able to learn how to eat things that are accessible to you within your environment. Uh, but then as we dig deeper, it's not about how many calories out and how many calories in. That has always been the perspective traditionally. You know, Correct. if you see, uh, if a traditional doctor sees a patient that's overweight, they'll normally say, eat a little less, exercise a little more. They couldn't be farther from from the reality there's actually a uh, problem that is occurring at the level of metabolism so there's a sure. problem with absorption there's a problem with brain dysfunction there's a problem with uh, cellular uh, dysfunction there's a problem with uh, uh, hormonal imbalances and so to truly be able to have a holistic approach you need to first understand the world in which that person that's coming to you lives so you cannot treat every person with the same uh, uh, attempt, right. you, you know, I mean, everybody has a story and their story defines how they see themselves and how they see themselves gives us the opportunities as to how we can best be able to guide them through a successful experience. So right. holistic really means, you know, how do we do it from the inside out? Okay. To me. And in the, in your presentation, you kind of talk about it as a pyramid Mm -hmm. And I think the first thing is nutrition. Mm -hmm. Totally. The first section totally. of it, yes. And, and we've heard that so much. I mean, our grandparents, you know, great-grandparents, what do they tell us? Uh, you are who you eat. You know, you are what you eat. <laughs> and those resonating uh, uh, wisdom words are really true to today. Uh, uh, when you see an individual that has a significant amount of good health, normally that person is really uh, being con uh, more conscientious of what they're eating. Mm -hmm. um, even, the, even the ability to have an intention in what you eat. So for example, you have a plate of food that someone's giving you. If you take just 10 seconds to recognize that um, this food came from the earth, this food came from this animal that gave its energy, and just take 10 seconds to appreciate that and be able to ask that may this food heal and strengthen my body. That creates an intention, which then creates a reality that we subsequently express. But, Dr. Laura, the problem with society today is that the food that they are being presented to the, to the individual is so completely corrupted mm -hmm. because it's practically created by the industry, and the industry wants quantity and wants also vitamins and also hormones. The problem is this. How you know what is the food that you should select and how you select the food? So uh, there's been, a, uh, as you know, a significant amount of uh, uh, science devoted to Mediterranean diet, paleo, vegan, vegetarian. There's all kinds of different aspects of it. But I think getting to the root of it is really where is the food coming from? And that really is the key to it. If the food is truly coming from an organic source, if the fish is truly coming from a wild-caught type of an environment, if the meat that you're eating is really grass-fed with no hormones, I think that we are truly you know, significantly more ahead of the game than if we just focus on what to eat. Still the question is, when we talk about organic food, yes, we know that it's not organic food because still the animals are being fed uh, materials that they consume 
are already with hormones. So how you get to the right material to feed your body. I don't see in the country any any source that we can go and say that is really organic and being organic is responsible organic, not just a name organic. Absolutely. And I do think that there is an element uh, evolving that appears to begin to uh, be answered to that because when you buy an organic tomato, you are paying a lot more. Yeah. And so uh, there are groups that are beginning to be more policing that type of uh, label. But I, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, what do we believe when we buy something? And uh, uh, the other day, someone uh, shared with me that the apples that you buy have an actual code, and you can Google that code, and you can find out if that is actually organic or whether it has been uh, a GM, you know, um, organically, mm -hmm. mo uh, genetically modified, or mm -hmm. whether it's actually truly organic. So yeah, it's, it's amazing when, when you go to a grocery store and you walk in the grocery store, and it's nothing there that you can find or nothing there that you can buy that is not dangerous for your health. Absolutely. So so it's, it's amazing that we have this tremendous amount of stores with a beautiful food and you cannot eat it. Mm. Yes, yes. And and I think, you know, one of the primary examples of that is uh, Whole Foods stores. So Whole Foods stores, we go there, but I didn't realize that the food that's already prepared it's not organic. So I was mm. actually thinking, hey, Whole food stores, everything's, everything's healthy. Organic, yeah. I couldn't be farther from the wrong. Only mm. those things that are labeled organic are truly organic. Well, going back to you, how you deal with this, how you treat your patients in a certain way that you can obtain the results that you obtain, because you have a great results on your diet. So how, how, you, how you do that, how you advise to this, uh, these individuals what they need to eat or you do the treatment in a different way and just ignore the food. No, um, having an ability to understand the food needs to be part of the conversation. But the uh, specific focus that I have uh, is ketogenic nutritional plan. So I utilize a ketogenic nutritional plan, which basically is able to upgrade your brain function from a, a limbic perspective, which is f uh, focused on a lot of fear, anxiety, and then uh, subsequently upgraded to a more of a neocortex perspective, which allows us to think more clearly. So that's when, when you when you. Talk ketogenic food why don't you tell the people what do you mean by that so ketogenic literally means that uh, uh, you're eating very little amounts of sugar oriented types of foods so you're not eating cornflakes you're not eating a, a, a lot of uh, fruits you're not eating bread and you're eating mostly protein uh, such as fish chicken uh, different meats and you're eating a lot of vegetables I'm going to jump in here. I see Ethan's already given us the wrap, but yeah, a couple of things <laughs> we wanted to touch on that we didn't get a chance. Um, you have a green laser therapy that is called, is it Verju? Correct. Yes. Can you quickly explain what that is? So it's a very innovative, uh, uh, it's green light laser therapy, it's low laser therapy, and what it does is you put that uh, those uh, lights in areas of your body that have significant amounts of uh, excess fat. And what it does is it makes little pores in the fat cells, which subsequently excrete their fatty acids into the extracellular uh, area. And then now that energy can be more effectively utilized for energy or be excreted in the body through the use of the lymphatic system, which is the drainage system of the body. 
Okay, that's great. And just can you quickly tell us why neuroplasticity is so important? Oh, it's, it's huge. Neuroplasticity, really, we are continuing to evolve. We're actually getting smarter. We're getting uh, continually have the opportunity to evolve in such an amazing ways. Mm -hmm. And neuroplasticity is really our ability to continue to make uh, new uh, synapses, new uh, uh, connections within our brain. And so uh, most of the time uh, we are used to doing things a certain way and that's because we have pathways that have continually been utilized in that. So when we change behavior, when we begin to do meditation, we begin to move uh, into the way of during neuroplasticity or taking control of that neuroplasticity, what we're really saying is we take ownership of our thoughts because ultimately we're not our thoughts, we are the listener of our thoughts. And when we begin to take that type of empowerment, then we really can uh, become the best that we could be. Yeah, and Perfect. Dr. Lara, there's a whole yes. lot more even I beyond know. that. We could get into <laughs> hormonal balance, yes. replacement yes. therapy, things like that. Yes. Um, people can read about it on your website, mm -hmm. correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, my website is drlaraweightloss.com. Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Cesar Lara, for being on the program. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I really absolutely. appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Make sure you stay tuned because coming up after the break, we're going to talk about Trump's triumphs. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, your host, Kimberly Bermel Bonatti, and co-host Ethan Euchre and Jeff Wagstaff. Thanks for sticking around and listening to American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Bonatti, joined by Ethan Euchre. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And Jeff Wagstaff. Hey, everyone. Hey. And world-renowned orthopedic surgeon. Hi. Dr. Bonatti. <laughs> Trump's Don't triumphs. Uh, Your favorite right. segment, Doc. Yes. What's he Take been up away. to now? <laughs> well, what a week, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, our hero is uh, killing it this time. The yes. Avengers? Yes. No, Donald Trump, you mean. Yeah, that's, me. that's the only one. <laughs> he's a member of the Avengers. Exactly. He's the boss. <laughs> yes, there you go. That's well, right. let, me, let me tell you one thing. Uh, the Congressional Budget Office got really the best surprise on their life. Mm -hmm. uh, they keep saying that Trump will create a problem, that it's not going to be revenues, mm -hmm. and, and, and this tax write-offs will really affect the, the income for the for the collection of taxes. Right. <laughs> and what happened? What well, happened? it seems to me that the collections of taxes were $515 billion this last month. Mm. So Only they were able to use $297 billion. Oh. They have a surplus of $218 billion. No. <laughs> no. And they're still thinking, how this happened? Because it hasn't happened in like over eight years at least. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, it's not something that Obama can pretend mm. he did. Well, right? they keep they keep talking about I mean the Democrats they never will they never will give understand. credit. He, yeah. You know or what give, I think is so amazing? Obama is the only president in history that inherited crap. And, made it crappier? And, <laughs> and make it well, crappier. <laughs> we would agree that he made it worse. Well, but but then then blamed everything on Bush his entire eight years. Trump comes in and everything great that Trump has done, thanks Obama. Obama tries to take credit for it. You can uh, include, give including me a break. the including the North Korea. <laughs> I, I'm sure he's going to think. Well, oh, that that he's going to find his hole there. Mm -hmm. Well, the 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 the. the the surprise for the CBO on the surplus uh -huh. is laughable. 
It's yes. so good to see all these individuals there with a question mark on their faces the thinking naysayers. how this happened. Well, yeah. it happens because it's very simple. It's very simple. It's a lot of more people working, a lot of better salaries, and more okay. people paying taxes, period. Mm -hmm. yeah. I cannot believe that these people would not understand that. Mm. Now, look at, the, look at the situation with North Korea now. Yes. I mean, in, in, it's like a miracle of individuals that they were impractically affecting the morale of United States, showing all these rockets going up mm -hmm. and ready to land in our land. And then suddenly this guy is a flip-flop. In two minutes, the guy now is, how can I help you, Mr. Trump? Yeah, it's funny because he was the first one to actually stand up and, and call out you know Kim Jong and be like, hey, right. listen, we're not afraid of you. My button's bigger than yours. So right. what you got to say about that? Yeah. And and he's like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Well, he tried <laughs> to fire some of his missiles and it backfired and, and they fizzled out. <laughs> what what is amazing so. is this man twice usually is uh, is customary for a uh, for a, a representative of the country mm -hmm. to visit one country and then is invited then then that person invite mm -hmm. the other the other president or whoever the person is to their country right well this dictator went twice to north to south korea mm -hmm. and then start to talk about peace prosperity mm -hmm. and unification and then they create a right. treaty and uh -huh. this treaty translate practically a removal of the nuclear situation Right. Uh, from the peninsula uh -huh. <clears throat> and unification of both Koreas. We're talking about something that only in dreams right. the Nobody people will think right. uh, a year ago. I'm mm -hmm. a bit skeptical, though. I, it's great. <clears throat> he has accomplished far more with North Korea than any other president has at this point. But Kim Jong-un is also notorious for putting on the charm. We, um, I we, mean, Dennis Rodman saw it. He was trying to be very nice um, when he released um, the prisoners. Mm -hmm. And Trump was there waiting on the tarmac with his wife to welcome them back to this country. And the Democrats want to criticize that it wasn't the right thing to do. But they forget that Obama and his administration paid billions. And wasn't it to Iran? <laughs> was it wasn't it Iran and it was in the tarmac at, at about three in the morning right. uh, billions of dollars to pay for prisoners so Trump accomplished right. this without paying mm -hmm. that money was all paid that in, money that money was paid in cash, in cash. It was delivered yeah, on, on the tarmac yeah, right. yes well. it's amazing what this guy in North Korea will do right. with the threat so that of is a and look at and look at the approval rate mm -hmm. uh -huh. okay the 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 country is right now in 48% of approval and 58% of approval of the economy i know it's unbelievable the change uh, -huh. uh well and the mainstream i cannot say media anything more than handle it they disowned their own polls. Uh, oh, yeah, and that's when exactly. When he gets high approval, their own polls like, that should have been set oh, up to trash right. him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Trump's triumphs. There are actually a few more to get into. <laughs> there are. We ran out of time. There's too many triumphs this guy's yeah. going. Well, we're talking about Iran. <laughs> Oh, Iran, yes. Yeah. And you call uh, Iran. It's not Iran. Iran. Iran? <laughs> Iran. Did I say Iran? I don't know. Oh, well. Iran. I'm running. Iran so far I'm away. I'm running to the commercial break. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for listening to American Medicine today. Um, check us out on Facebook. Like us on Facebook, both the Bonatti Spine Institute and American Medicine Today. And we say goodbye to News Radio 970, WFLA, <coughs> our flagship station. But if you're listening on an affiliate station, stay tuned. Man vs. Baby. Man versus Baby. This should All be right. a funny one. Can't wait. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.